there is treasure in and beyond your pain. What you seek is seeking you, beloved, to feel, transmute and alchemize pain is your power. And this power is within you right now, if you'll only give yourself permission to access it. To tune in to the truth of who you are. To allow the healing of your soul. Self-healer. and welcome back to Beautifully Empowered. It has been a hot while, I know, possibly a month, but as I said a couple of months ago, I have some extra creative projects that have demanded a lot of my creative space, and so I had every, every intention of coming back. I do have a pre-recorded podcast that I recorded a couple of weeks ago. I'm going to try and get round to editing that. However, straight to the podcast, it's good to be back. I'm going to be doing a podcast on Netflix's Wednesday so huge spoilers here so if you do intend to watch the series i would advise going to watch that and then possibly coming back to the podcast if that's what you're into to have a little listen yeah because i'm really going to enjoy doing this today so first of all i'm a huge fan of adam's family in general i didn't watch this original adam's family back in the day but i am aware of the characters and i have seen a few videos on youtube I'm an 80s child, so I was raised on the Addams Family from the 90s, featuring Christina Ricci. So, going back to Netflix. So, Wednesday takes us on a journey of her teenage experience. She's expelled from her school for trying to kill a boy that was bullying her brother to a school full of supernatural beings, werewolves, psychics, vampires, and more. I mean, can you get more esoteric? I love how... The Netflix show takes us on her journey of even just going through her insecurities and her emotionally connecting in a way that we haven't seen Wednesday in previous movies. I think it's really interesting to see this character come to life a bit more, um, to bring the character of Wednesday a bit more alive, because I definitely think she's a bit more empathetic in the Netflix show than she is, well I don't think I've seen any emotional empathy in her other shows, um, maybe other than connecting with, I think it was called Eugene, I can't remember from whether it was Adam's Family 2, I'm not too sure, um, her love interest, but, so it goes on this journey of investigating, she investigates a monster who is killing people in Nevermore, and she takes this job as an investigator very, very seriously, it's something that she feels very passionate to do, and like I said, I'm a huge Wednesday Adam's Family fan, uh, particularly Wednesday Adams, I really resonate with her character, not so much that because she's sociopathic, at least more so in the original Adams family, but it's not really what I'm attracted to, it's that she is the, or the family is the epitome of Scorpio energy and it's not meant to be taken literally. And I love her bluntness and the way that they're always, she's always dressed in black and yeah, I love how the show goes through um, the very nature and the energy of Scorpio energy, which I'm really going to go deep into. It was interesting, I was watching an interview with Jenna Ortega, the girl that plays Wednesday, and she does actually do a lot of horror movies. Now, I've seen her, the first thing I saw her in, um, I mean, obviously I'm aware of her face and who she is and stuff, um, was a film that she did with Maddie Ziegler, I think I'm pronouncing that Ziegler, right? And it was called The Fallout, and it goes through the emotional trauma, it takes us through the journey of the emotional trauma of two young girls, two high school girls, that witness a school shooting. And Jenna Ortega said in an interview that horror sets are her greatest memories. And it's so interesting. I had to look at Jenna Ortega's birth chart and I was expecting to see Scorpio Sun, Scorpio Moon at least. And she's actually a Libra Sun, Gemini Moon, but her Venus is in Scorpio. Now, Venus is a very, very prominent place to have Scorpio. I think it's very, very um, obvious within somebody's energy when they have their Venus in Scorpio, because I think it comes out a lot more so even than the moon. And it's absolutely refreshing to see how blunt she is and direct she is, even in interviews. It's sort of like you're still watching um, Wednesday Adams when she's being interviewed. And she said that she's been compared to Wednesday Adams her whole life and that she's been told she's very sarcastic and dry and could be a bit morbid. And the interviewer said to her, is that a compliment? And she said, oh, I think so. You know, I thought it was really cool. I appreciated it. And when I was in high school, 
I was, I mean, I still am now, I'm obsessed with black. I have a, an actual rail of black clothing that's separated from all my other clothing, just because black to me is so sacred and I wear black clothing pretty much 90% of the time. And when I was in high school, my nicknames were Amy Morticia, obviously, you know, my name is Amy Letitia, they'd call me Amy Morticia or the candy man because I used to wear this really long black coat and everyone was just like, you're so weird. And I'm like, yeah, it's a thing. Like, um, so I, I really have always resonated with Wednesday Adams as a character and I really, really had an actual, an actual schoolgirl crush on Christina Ricci as a child, like from Casper now and then, um, Adam's family and it just ignites my soul when I see somebody fully dressed in black like my soul is so emo it's not even a joke I remember one of my friends was like there's nothing about you that's emo it's like you really don't know me do you 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 don't know what music I listen to you don't know what I dress like you don't know like what my emotional mood is like because my emotional mood is Scorpio that is my emotional mood and it's really interesting to see her enemy slash best friend slash let's see how this friendship builds and grows and that is the character Enid and she quite clearly represents the polarity so she is basically Wednesday, Wednesday Adams nightmare basically. So she walks into a room um, that she has to share this, you know, she shares a room with this, this, this girl. The room is completely bright full of colourful sparkly things and Enid, she's full of life, she's obnoxiously happy at least from Wednesday's perspective. And yeah, she definitely represents the opposite of um, Wednesday, which is the polarity. So um, there's a window view where the light shines through, which I find really interesting. The window view is a whole, um, sort of like a spider webbed shape and it's very colorful. And it's just so interesting when you look at it from an esoteric perspective. So obviously Wednesday decides, well, you know, I'm not having this. So the half of the room is mine and half of the room is going to be full black, you know, and half of that spider web where the light shines through the window is the outline of it coloured black. And so it's really interesting when you walk into, when you see the room, half of it is colourful, representing that conscious mind, the polarity of the sun, the day, the feminine, sorry, the masculine, the outspoken. And then you have the other side of the room, which is black and it's the moon and it's the night and, you know, <laughs> um, Wednesday plays the cello in the night you know it's so funny um, and she's a writer and she's deep and she's thoughtful and she says what everybody wants to say but no one's actually willing enough to not be coward and cowardice and just say it so th- there's an interesting polarity between Enid and Wednesday which I find really fascinating that when, the, when the light is shining through that symbol of that polarity which also represents kind of like the symbol of, I've said this so many times but like the symbol of Pisces, which is a two-fish swimming in opposite directions, but it's also that complementary, even Gemini energy, which represents the body part of the arms. One arm on one side, one arm on the other side, and each arm is going to experience the world differently because it's on the other side of the arm. It can't see what the other arm is doing, you know? Um, or at least if you look at it from like a shoulder, shoulder perspective. And I find it really interesting that even the prophecy that um, Wednesday has come to destroy the school, you know, Rowan, the character, has this drawing of Wednesday and it's a prophetic drawing that she is destined to destroy the school. Now, when you're looking at a lot of this is going to be very Scorpionic um, from that lens because Wednesday Adams is the epitome of Scorpio energy. And I'll explain why um, as I go through this podcast. But the fact that she is just just the fact that she's destined to destroy the school is is just so obvious that in the destruction when when something is destroyed it's not necessarily to destroy for the sake of destruction's sake it's with destruction also comes the opportunity to then rebuild to redesign something that's not working so a society that is clearly not working and it's you know when somebody wants, or, or when you know, collect, you know, conscious collective wants to come in and destroy that. Well, if there's no self awareness and there's no intention to actually rebuild, then that shadow. And when I say shadow, what I mean in this this context is the 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 lack of awareness of destroying for the sake of destroying, like how an unconscious Scorpio would do 
is I'm going to get my petty part and destroy you because I've not alchemized my own trauma. So therefore, I'm just going to go around destroying everything, destroying relationships, destroying this, self-sabotaging because I'm destroying myself. And it's kind of like that prophecy is so interesting because Scorpio is the alchemist of the zodiac and scorpionic energy brings a lot of destruction. So obviously the planets that rule over Scorpio are Pluto and Mars. So Pluto wants to mash it up, basically smash it up. <laughs> and it's like, it's almost very similar to Aquarius energy, which is really interesting because Christina Ricci, who plays Wednesday in the 1990 movies, 1990s movies, she's actually an Aquarius son, so I find that really interesting. Aquarius is ruled by um, Uranus and Saturn. So it's that control, it's the discipline, it's the structure, it's the father archetype. It's, um, you know, learning your soul's lesson through certain disciplinary lessons that you'll learn over time in order for the soul to grow. Um, and also Uranus just wants to basically fuck shit up. So Aquarius has that insight similar to Pisces in the sense that they see intuitively what needs to be done. And whereas the difference between Pisces and, and Aquarius is that Aquarius holds that emotional space, but it doesn't necessarily feel it all. And so that's why Aquarius individuals can come across as very aloof, as, as if they don't care, and they actually do. Like, I have a friend who's a cinematographer, he's, done, he's worked on some amazing movies, and he, it's funny because I observed something about him, and he observed something about me, and he said, you're not very subtle, are you? And he was speaking about the fact that I'm very blunt, I'm very scorpionic, and it's just like, I'm, I'm, I, it's almost like I have no filter that the thoughts that I'm thinking just come out, like it's not necessarily like I'm processing them deeply and then I speak speak them, it's just all coming out. Um, and that, that there are some, you know, there are some advantage, advantages to that in that I am, what you see is what you, can, what you get. But also sometimes you have to be so careful with that because you've said it now, you can't take it back. Um, and they are your thoughts, but maybe they didn't need to come out in that way, that kind of thing. And I observed that this individual being a Libra Sun Aquarius moon, that this individual is sort of like, I'm not joking, an alien. This individual has a, a an office space in the shape of a conquer ball that looks like a spaceship. I am not joking. When I when I saw that and I didn't know this person's birth chart, I said, please give me your date of birth. I swear to God, your Venus or your moon has to be in Aquarius. To have an office space shaped in a conquer ball, I mean, that's just not something that the average person does. And it so happens that he's a Libra on Aquarius moon. And I was just like, I knew it. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's really interesting. It's um to see, to actually see Christina Ricci in this show as well. I was not expecting that because I don't think I realised, I'm not too sure if she was actually in the trailer. I think that was supposed to be like a shock surprise, but she does play, Christina Ricci, Christina Ricci does play a character in this. And I'm not going to talk too much about that character because I think it'll be good for people to experience that themselves but I think that that was just genius um I love that Wednesday she doesn't like bullies and also stands up for the underdog which again when looking at Scorpio energy that is very typical of Scorpio behavior because Scorpio is the outcast Scorpio is the underdog and so to see people treating underdogs like they're less than them I think it triggers Scorpios because they get treated like that as well and so she really does stand up for her friend. I can't remember his name. I will talk about him later. Um, a boy that she befriends. And, and, and obviously her brother, Pugsley, was getting bullied at the beginning of the series. And, you know, it's, it's, it's standing up for the underdog, even if you do get kicked out of a school because you drop a bag of piranhas in a school pool and those piranhas almost literally kill the bully. So that's, that's very extreme, but... Yeah, she's a complete outcast. And I loved how they brought back or they made reference to the Adams Family too when they go on some sort of like school trip or whatever and Wednesday her job is to sell these little cupcakes. I can't remember exactly what they are because it it's been a few weeks since I watched it. And as the, you know, the people were just celebrating what it was like to live like 100 years ago or whatever it was, and they were about to bite into the food or they were enjoying it or indulging it and appreciating the taste of it. Wednesday, she just cuts the bullshit. She just cuts straight to it. And she's just like, cut the bullshit. You're enjoying that because of colonization. And she just goes deep into it. And it makes such a good reference point to the Native American scene in when the, the Native Amer the Native American scene in Adam's Family 2, 
where there's that play that they're doing at that summer camp, which I just found so weird as a kid. I was just like, why does everybody have blonde hair and blue eyes? And all of the brown-eyed, you know, the brown-eyed white kids or the kind of Hispanic kids or the Asian kids and the black kid, why do they play the, like, (laughs) underdog characters or, like, all the Native American characters are played by these people? And obviously they would resemble them a bit more than those with blonde hair and blue eyes, so I get that. But (laughs) it's like... She's just like, when's dad and played by Christina Ricci, she's just like, cut the bullshit. Like, we are celebrating basically the genocide of Native Americans. How obvious is this day? And I don't want this to be like super pessimistic, but I personally can't understand Thanksgiving. I personally can't. And when I stayed in the States, when I was 23, I stayed over there for four or five weeks. I couldn't understand why we were celebrating, you know, somebody looking from the outside in that is not American why do people celebrate this day? And so I tried to get people's perspectives of actual American friends that I had at the time. And it was interesting, I get it. It's 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 not, people are not really thinking very deeply and it's just another happy day. It's kind of like Christmas. It's kind of like, well, we know that December the 25th is a celebration of the black sun, Saturn. It's nothing to do with, it's nothing to do with, it's Capricorn energy ruled by Saturn. It's nothing to do with Christ. <laughs> which again is another Greek word for like the, the the Christ consciousness, which is the oil at the base of you know the base of your spine that needs to sorry the the oil that needs to be released in order to awaken consciousness. It's like we don't typically get to the root of the holidays that we're celebrating, holy days. A lot of the holidays do have very very deep esoteric. Um, meanings that we we celebrate these days and we know fine well that Christ wasn't born on the 25th of December. We know fine well, a lot of us, that Easter is a celebration of Ishtar and the the bunnies and the eggs represent the, the, the female reproduction system. It's like, it's so obvious that it's right in front of us. It's like the symbology is right there and it always is right in front of you. Um, and it just takes a little bit of a deep mind. It's like one of my friends, well, not an actual friend, but somebody I know, he's actually a philosopher and he teaches philosophy and religion. And he said one time, he was just like, yeah, don't forget I'm a philosopher. And I just had to say it. I just, I didn't write it out in text, but in person I was just like, yeah, but if you don't mind me saying, but I do think I'm a philosopher too. I think that anybody that has a deep mind, you are a philosopher. If, you, if you're able to have these philosophical thoughts, like, then you're a philosopher. <laughs> it's as deep as it gets, you know. Yeah, I love the way that she just speaks so bluntly and, you know, Scorpios don't do social norms and it's very similar to Aquarius in that rebel way in that Aquarius and, and um, Scorpio are both, both fixed, fixed signs. However, Aquarius is a fixed air sign. Scorpio is a fixed water sign, which is really interesting because fixed water, ice, it's just really interesting. What I love about when she finds the Book of Shadows, or at least at the time that I'm thinking about it, it's the fake Book of Shadows, but the Book of Shadows, which we find the same book in the shows Charmed, the series Charmed, which I was a big fan of that, and Hocus Pocus, and probably a load of other esoteric horror movies or whatever. This is interesting, again, in terms of Scorpio energy, because this is what is actually being shown to us. Um... I had a look at when the film was released because I was just like, I'm sure this film was released in the UK in Scorpio season. Actually, it wasn't though, 23rd of November, so it came three days after Scorpio season had ended. Or is it is it Scorpio season to the 22nd? I'm not too sure. Or the 20th, I'm not too sure. It's October. Uh, November, sorry, was when it ends. So the Book of Shadows is shadow work. It's the psyche. It's It represents psychology. Psychology is ruled by none other than, you've already said it, Scorpio. So this is where it ties into the monster that's going around Nevermore killing everybody. You can make the link between the Book of Shadow, her investigation, the fact that she's been destined to destroy the school, the polarity between Jenna Ortega and the character Enid. So Wednesday and Enid, the light that shines through that polarity. And what is the polarity of the psyche? It's the conscious mind, the subconscious mind day and night, obvious, silent, spoken, hidden, father, mother, mason, ma, son. It's like Wednesday comes to realise that the monster is actually human. So which is interesting because the monster is within all of our psyches and it projects 
we project that monster outward as the devil. Some of us do. The Book of Shadows is how we integrate that monster, but why would we want to integrate a monster to become balanced and whole? It's the same Book of Shadows, as I said, that's in Charmed and Hocus Pocus. And Hocus Pocus, I think, is the book with the eye. And the whole purpose of the Book of the Shad- Book of Shadows is reclaiming and healing the shadow aspect of the psyche. And one of the results that I can think of that of doing that right now would be so that you fully experience that latent potential creative power that is so hidden in the dark. It's in the dark. <laughs> the Scorpio, the Scorpio can see in the dark, right? It's like I remember there was a scene where they bagged Wednesday's head in the little underground sort of like secret society of the school sort of very 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 secret society based and they bagged her head and she was just like but they just don't know that I like the dark and it was just like come on give us more of that Scorpio energy you know. Jenna Ortega who plays the character of Wednesday having her Venus in Scorpio brings so much to the show because Venus is such a strong energy that I've noticed that because she's a Libra Sun Gemini Moon I have noticed that a lot of Libras do have quite a lot of Scorpio placements so I know a family member who's a Libra Sun Leo Moon and her Mercury's in Libra and when we talk sorry her Mercury's in Scorpio and when we talk she has such a deep way of expressing her thoughts I'm just like I love having conversations with you little Miss Libra and I know another friend who's a Libra Sun Libra Moon and this individual has a Mars in Scorpio which is really interesting energy because this individual it's almost like he craves the deepest of deepest of relationships which is you know it's not typically something that I see with a lot of Libras that have maybe a lot of fire and air in their birth chart but this Libra yeah they do have a Libra sun Libra moon but there's quite a lot of earth and then the Scorpio Mars there and so it was really interesting when I was watching Jenna Ortega's interview on the Today Show and she has a Mercury in Libra but her Venus is in Scorpio which I can pick up very strongly on and she just says it as it is. And to be fair, that's also very Libra-like as well, to just be like really blunt. But I think Libra is a bit more similar to Cancer in the way that they're quite people-pleasing. So they kind of like self-negate a little bit in order to make others happy. Um, and this school that she's sent to, it's a school for gifted, outcast children. Um, you know, werewolves and mystical creatures and... Um, and vampires and so she's sent there after she, she's you know the temp, attempted murder of the boys who bullied, bullied her brother bullied her brother Pudsley and you know I love that when um Thing which is the little hand told Wednesday that she's stubborn come on the most stubborn zodiac signs are the fixed signs let's just put this out there for those that are Aquarius yes you are stubborn Scorpio, yes, you are stubborn. And Leo, my goodness, you are stubborn. Fixed earth would be Taurus, and Taurus are very stubborn, it's the bull. And so I was just like, yeah, <laughs> that is so scorpionic. And at, at one point, um, Hand told Wednesday that she's stubborn or something, and she mentions that she's single-minded, obs- obsessive, and that they're all the traits of a good writer and serial killers. And when it comes to serial killing, that is the epitome of Scorpio energy because there's that psychology of why do Scorpio, why do serial killers kill? Why do they destroy, which is that destructive Plutonian Scorpio energy. And the girl that plays Enid, the character Enid, she's called Emma Sinclair. I think she's a Cancer Sun. Yeah, she's a Cancer Sun, but she's a Scorpio Moon, which is the same energy as mine. And I find that really interesting because the Moon she's relating energetically because I think they they actually are quite close in real life um I know that Jenna Ortega spoke quite well of her in an interview but the the relating from Jenna Ortega's Venus sign to Emma Sinclair's moon sign is very prominent and I think if you look at the birth charts of people that you've loved in your own life or lovers deep connections um even trauma bonds sometimes can show you in the birth chart what you're what energy you're attracted to whether that is beneficial or not um is that i think the moon and the venus really do relate quite prominently um they both bring that sinister darkness to the show because general ortega is a gemini moon and emma sinclair who plays enid is a scorpio moon now i've always said um that there's only i think one 
energy that can really understand Gemini energy. And it's the darkness of the, the, the shadow side of Gemini energy. And I would say that's a Scorpio because there's that sinister to both of that energy, especially in its unawakened state. Um, and she's so incredibly spoken as well, intelligently spoken when you watch her in interviews. And I definitely think that that's that Libra and Mercury. Libra is just such intelligent energy. It's just like air signs in general, when you have a conversation with them, it's just like, we've not got time for the emotional waters. Let's just get straight to the facts and just, you know. Um, I thought that was interesting as well. That She said after all the makeup applying, she lost all the melanin on the set. Um, I think her father's Mexican and her mother's Mexican or Puerto Rican. And she says, it's actually funny because it's the first time from what I watched an interview that it was the first time that Tim Burton had worked with somebody that's not Caucasian, which is really interesting, actually. I don't know what his reasons were for that, but she's clearly not white. So the phoenix burning into itself and that prophecy to, to destroy the school and that photograph that is that she holds, it's a photo of her surrounded by fire. Again, that's the alchemy of Scorpio. The fact that she's a writer and in, and investigating into the monsters who go around killing the community. And they, assume, they actually assume, the characters in the show, that it's Wednesday. But I would say that it's that subconscious, Scorpionic investigator energy. Um, Rowan died and came back to life. I thought that was really interesting. A lot of the characters were white including the headmaster and her psychologist, which I think when I'm looking at it, it may represent the polarity of black and white. Because we always see Wednesday Adams in black and white, right? Which is the, the balance, you know, you think of the checkerboard, the balance of the chessboard, you think of the polarity of black and white, the queen, the king on the chessboard, right? The polarity of day and night, conscious and unconscious, or conscious and subconscious, divine masculine and divine feminine. And the antisocial tendencies of the fear of rejection, her psychologist said, that's also very typical of Scorpio energy or Scorpio people because they're very afraid of rejection. They're so afraid of rejection more than any other sign that they'll actually withhold getting close to people. And that's what you see with Enid when she's constantly reaching out for a hug. And it's like, you're just going to get rejected. I mean, you know, passionate, aloof, dark, mysterious sensitive under the hard exterior and I think that's what we see with Jenna Ortega's character as Wednesday and I think it was just brilliant her facial expressions in that she doesn't blink at all in the show and can you imagine being on set I don't know how long they filmed for but I can't imagine it being less than four months or so I don't know how long they filmed for but um knowing that she just didn't blink <laughs> it's kind of like staying in character is pretty impressive and I suppose it's such a character to live up to though isn't it um knowing that Christina Ricci played Wednesday in the 1990s movies and, and a lot of us have seen those movies and it's kind of like well you're bringing it bringing it to life and I think because the I don't know what it is like in the US or anybody else in the world anywhere else in the world but here in the UK the Adams Family is still on Netflix so a lot of the people that are signed up to Netflix that would be watching Wednesday have probably already seen um, the 1990s Wednesday Adams, you know, even if you, I'm thinking people my age have probably definitely seen it, but even if you haven't and you're all younger, they've probably seen it. So she has these visions and of people dying, you know, psychic, in, psychic intuitive um, gifting, which is of the water signs, which is Pisces, Scorpio and Cancer. And her mother had visions at her age as well. And What's really interesting is the word Adams actually comes from the word Adama, meaning earth. And I find that interesting. I don't, there's nothing I really want to say about it, but, you know, it's interesting that, you know, when you think about the Adams family, I particularly think Scorpio energy, but Scorpio's complementary opposite is also Taurus, which is an earth sign. So I don't know, maybe that's got something to do with it. I don't know, just flew out my mouth. I don't really know if there was an actual point. Um, now, this is interesting. Now, she had a pet Scorpio at the age of six. Now, if you've watched that scene, I'm, I'm just like, the subconscious mind understands all of this, you know? The only time she's ever cried, which is very Scorpionic, because if you think about the water signs, they're all very emotional, but the one that withdraws, they do cry, but they pull back and they don't express emotion as much as the other two water signs, is by far Scorpio. 
like cancer just like literally wears their emotions on the sleeve you know like um but yeah so the only time she's cried is when she was bullied as a six-year-old in front of her eyes these bullies kill her pet scorpion and her pet scorpion's name is nero and if you look at the etymological root word for nero it means black i mean can you get more self-explanatory with the scorpion and the fact that it's called Nero. She's a loner, she's very Scorpionic, and she's typical of Scorpio energy. I think her dad actually referred to her as his little Scorpio. And so they're, they're giving it all to you. It's all in plain sight for people to look at that and look at the archetypes and look at, you know, these 12 archetypes that represent aspects of all of us, really. And she's very intense. And even though Wednesday is associated with the planet Mercury, um which actually rules over Gemini and Virgo, the actual day Wednesday I'm talking about. Um, and her mum also, Morticia, has those psychic abilities to be able to see. And it's interesting, the psychic ability to be able to see, where does that come from? It's to be able to see in the dark, which is what a scorpion does. Um, and that's why Scorpio, Scorp you know, Scorpios thrive in the dark. You know, they see in the dark, they, you know, it's Pluto, it's, it's destruction, it's... The subconscious mind is dark. But she says to her daughter Wednesday, our psychic abilities exist on the spectrum of who we are. Given my disposition, my visions tend to be positive and that makes me a dove. Interesting that Catherine Zeta-Jones, she's a Libra sun, so that's that balance. And for someone like me who sees the world through a darker lens is Wednesday's response. So the mother is a dove. She sees through positive experiences whereas Wednesday Adams her response is and for someone like me who sees through a darker lens question and that scene to me was so important because it again represented that polarity that you know I was watching Sandman with a friend the other day I've actually watched the whole series and actually my cinematographer friend is going to be working on I think it's the new Sandman series oh I meet the most amazing creative people I really do um and there's a scene in the Sandman where my goodness what was I talking about yeah where the Sandman asks one, asks one of the characters, you know, says to them, like, why are we in hell? Why do we exist here or whatever? And the Sandman asks this individual, well, did you believe in hell when you were alive? And the individual says, yeah. And they were basically, there you go. And this is the, I think he's the, the one that gives everybody nightmares. I can't remember his name, Morpheus, the, the giver of nightmares or the giver of dreams or whatever, um, based on the comic I think it's a comic I, I don't I don't know too much about it but that was interesting because it's that that's your perceptive your perception so for example I went for something to eat with a friend of mine who's a philosopher biggest blow to the ego I was just like I think everybody or anybody that has deep thoughts and he's able to have deep philosophical thoughts with their self is a philosopher but this individual actually is a philosopher and teaches philosophy and religion. And so anyway, um, I was saying to this individual that when they were asking me about astrology, because they are a spiritual individual, but they don't really get astrology or whatever, not too interested in the esoteric. And I was trying to explain to this individual, when you look at things from a philosophical perspective, it doesn't matter when they were asking me about the, the energy of the planets. Do you think that that's a reality for people? Do you think that's a reality for you? And I could see where I was going with, with this. It was a very philosophical conversation we were having. I was just like, to an Islamic individual that wakes up every day and believes in their consciousness, that Allah, which is not a personal name for God, it just means God, that Allah is in control of that person's life. Stripping away the accountability just in the same way that when a Christian sins, they tend to scapegoat the devil and say the devil made me do it or that's the influence of the devil. So it, it takes away that lack of responsibility. To an individual that's an atheist that doesn't believe in God, does it chooses to believe the non-existence of God or an agnostic who chooses to accept that they don't know the answers, they're not defeating or refusing the, the idea that the possibility of God or the higher consciousness or whatever exists out there. To an individual that is very scientific and just is very, very science-based. Every single one of these individuals is going to have a different consciousness lens going out, which affects obviously the, the conscious, the unconscious collective. So when it comes to when people say things like, they use the word reality, I'm just like, well, didn't Elon Musk say that we're 50-50% living in a simulation? 
I mean, it's a possibility that whatever we're projecting out into the world is being projected back at us because it's a mirror. The world is a mirror. So whatever we're putting out through our consciousness is coming back in. And that's why it's so important to be mindful of the books you read and be mindful of the programs you watch, be mindful of how much of the news that you watch because it's that fear coming in and and fears coming in on a constant level. You're only going to experience fear coming out. And so I thought that was really interesting when... I can't remember who said it but they referred to Wednesday as a raven they said you are a raven your visions are more potent well oh it's a mum okay so when Wednesday asks the mum or in response to the fact that Morticia said that her abilities or our psychic abilities exist on the spectrum of, exist on the spectrum of who we are which is is very interesting given the disposition of my visions I tend to be positive and that makes me a dove. Wednesday's response is, and for someone like me who sees the world through a darker lens, and she was asking it as a question. And a mum responds to that by, you're a raven, your visions are more potent, more powerful, but without the proper training, it can lead to madness. If this isn't the lesson of a Scorpio to control or not to control, but to transmute their deep emotions and use that intuition consciously, then I don't know what is. See, that is exactly what a Scorpio is. A Scorpio is the black bird. The Scorpio is the raven. And Scorpio's visions are more potent. It's not like Pisces where you're caught up in the dream world and you're going with this blissful, delightful, like mermaid energy. No, the Scorpio energy is the scorpion. It's not a mermaid. It's not the little fish. It's not the little Bambi down the road. It's the fucking scorpionic energy. And it's very, very powerful because, as I've said before, Scorpio energy is the most powerful energy of the zodiac because it's able to transmute trauma into power. I don't think there's anything more powerful than that. Um, and it's interesting that the headmaster um, became another character. I think she became Judy Garland or something. She's a shapeshifter. And at the, at the end of the episode, fire will rain. The words light up in burning flames in grass, in Latin, fire will rain when I rise. And it's amazing because isn't that again Scorpio energy that the fire will rain when you rise? So if you're destroying something and you've got that Plutonian energy that comes in and wants to destroy, right? You are going to rise from that. It's the phoenix. Yes, you're burning and you're turning to ashes, but you're going to rise again. You're going to rise from the ashes. And she actually wears a black crystal. I think it's like some sort of like obsidian crystal when she's doing some sort of like candle seance work, contacting her dead relative, Goody, to control her psychic abilities. I thought that was interesting. Um that her ancestor, who looked, obviously was played by Wednesday Adams as well, looked just like Wednesday, but with blonde hair. And she was called Goody. Think about that. So Wednesday would represent the, the, the shadow part of the psyche that's bad, which is very sociopathic. And then this ancestor that she needs to contact in order to be able to control her psychic abilities, who has blonde hair, looks exactly like Wednesday Adams. It actually is a bit played by Jenna Ortega, obviously. She needs to contact her in able to transcend. So the ancestry work of contacting the dead, that's again the dead part of the psyche, the, the unawakened, latent part of the psyche. So in order to bring balance to the destructive side of Scorpio, Scorpio needs to work with the light and the dark. And I think that if, you, if you've watched the series or you've come back and you've listened just have a look at the polarity between Wednesday and Goody because Goody comes to her in a vision and she says to her you are my ra- you are the raven in my bloodline the raven in my bloodline that's so interesting and Wednesday says I was told that you could teach me how to control my ability and she says there is no controlling a raging river you must learn to navigate it without drowning my god I mean, can I just say that again? There is no controlling a raging river. 
you must learn to navigate it without drowning. So there's nothing you can do. <laughs> there's nothing you can do. <laughs> there's nothing you can do. <laughs> I was thinking of a song in my head there. There's nothing you can do about the fact that you are on a raging river, right? You're not trying to control the, the outward external circumstance. What you need to learn to do is to navigate being on this raging river without drowning. And I think that is the life lesson of the Scorpio is that this huge Mars and Pluto energy that is so all-consuming, and that's why Scorpio is a very intimidating, especially if you're a Scorpio sun, because it's so obvious to the world. With me, I've got kind of the cancer personality, really bubbly personality, and people don't often see how deep I actually really am. Um, because I just like people to be happy and I'm very bubbly and I'm very like smiley and I've got that Leo rising energy that just like, you know, I'm very happy-go-lucky. Um, but the path of, and then and what is also said is the path of a raven is a solitary one. It's it's a lonely one. And it is. She has to, Scorpios are loners. Scorpios have to go on these big, deep journeys. And I know that if you're a Scorpio moon, that you understand this more than any other placement, that your journey that you're going through is a very lonely journey. And I know that as human beings, we all feel like we're alone and we're so caught up in the mind and ethers. And the journey is to bring, well, the, the, the battle of the mind and the heart is to surrender the mind to the heart. The heart is suffering. Our heart suffers so much. What is our heart? Is that inner child? And we've self-negated and we've suffocated our inner child not fully because obviously our inner child's still there unless you're a really psychopath and it's like that's the lesson is to see the distraction everything is so distract distracting tiktok instagram work get married get a mortgage have children why are we so distracted and what are we distracted from because i don't actually think people realize what we've actually been distracted from and it's ourselves. I genuinely think that the most powerful type of distraction is one that distracts you from yourself because the most powerful person in your life is you. And when you come to that realisation of seeing how beautiful you are as an individual, just, just you on your own, you, my beloved listener, to that one individual that's currently listening. Now, obviously, I know there's lots of you listening because I can see how many of you listen. By looking at my stats but to you personally as the one that is listening now only you can shape your reality you alone and I'm saying this because I, I it's not that I just believe it I know it because I know when I've got deep with my own soul and I've said cut the bullshit cut this self-negating out and really listen to the silence of the soul it's so subtle but it's also so loud and our greatest challenge is to speak volumes through our personality, through the depths of the soul. So I don't particularly resonate with killing the ego. I think that's quite foolish. I understand what people mean when they say that. I understand what people mean when maybe they're not understanding what they're understanding what they're really saying. Because I get why you want to so-called kill the false ego the one that takes all the glory, the mother that is silent, the subconscious part of you that is the dreamer, the one that's dreaming your whole life right now. And it's like, yeah, when we sleep every night, we go through a mini death and we're dreaming even then. Sometimes I used to ask myself, how do we know that we're not dreaming now? How do we know that the conscious mind when we're alive is not really, is just a dream? And when we're dreaming, that's reality, you know? Reality is so subjective. Um, alone and unable to trust others, only seeing the darkness in them. That's what Goody says to Wednesday Adams. Alone and unable to trust others, only seeing the darkness in them. Scorpios don't trust people. Scorpios are the most, I wouldn't say untrusting, but they definitely don't trust people. They don't trust, say for example, Libra energy would just take people as they are at surface level. That's not Scorpio energy. Scorpio energy is, I don't, I don't like your mask. I don't want to accept that that's who you are. I accept that everybody has a personality, including myself. 
but I want to know you at a deep level because that's how far I'm willing to go. And that's why I always say, like, if you don't, if you're not willing to go deep with a Scorpio, especially someone with a Scorpio moon, don't even bother with them because they they're they're looking for their soulmate. That's what a Scorpio is looking for. So, so Scorpios are loners. They are solitary people, and they genuinely do feel like they're dying every day. But they also rise every day in those little moments of mastering, or not mastering, but like transforming an emotional pain that's been buried so deeply that affects Scorpios very, very deeply. And we're all human, and this is not to put Scorpio energy as the the pillar of emotional empathy, nothing like that. We feel the sting of death every day. And so as Scorpios, we need to learn to navigate this without drowning in the waters of our own emotions. And which is, you know, which is of course why we rarely show any emotional expression. It's all hidden very deep within. So I've often been said, people have said to me, like, I have this friend who's a, somebody that I know is a philosopher, and they literally said to me, you're not very subtle, are you? And I'm like, no. I don't understand where that came from, because this person's a Capricorn, Sun, Aquarius moon with an Aquarius Venus, and I'm like, Aquarius just, they didn't really know how to handle all of that emotional um, heaviness. Because Aquarius, yes, it's a fixed fixed sign like Scorpio, but it's very light. It's very light and just wants to have fun. So I think Wednesday does feel that remorse and guilt for her friend being in a coma as well. I think that that's, I think she's deeply misunderstood as a character, I think. Um, can't remember the name of the friend, but he paints, he also has visions and feels the drawings and the shadows of his mind. And he draws the monster over and over and over and over and over and over again. The shadows of his mind. The monster. Who, who is the monster? The monster really is us. We're both angel and monster. We're both light and dark. We have the ability to be both. And it's being able to balance that out. Um, Joseph painting with candles around the seance connecting with the dead. And I think that painting with... Painting blood will rain when I rise, fire will rain when I rise, blood will rain when I rise, and um, yeah, it's interesting, you know, the monster takes body parts from its victims, and I think, you know, keeping body parts locked up in glasses, glass, glass little uh, bottles in the basement of, of the gate's house, it's like, that's just really weird, um, and when Festa lets Wednesday Wednesday know that the monster is a Hyde, as in like Jekyll and, Jack, Jekyll and Hyde, that's also very interesting as well because the monster hides. <laughs> the monster knows how to hide. The monster's in plain sight, but it knows how to, how to hide. The monster is an aspect of the psyche that is hidden. It's the shadow in the depth of the unconscious mind. When we don't heal that, when we don't use the book of shadows to integrate the shadow in order to heal it to allow that monster to be be a part of us to love that monster to the to nourish that monster like i've said in the film super 8 with dakota fanning where the boy you know the monster sorry not dakota fanning her younger sister l fanning the monster takes l fanning to a cave and holds it upside down in the cave he doesn't actually hurt her but who knows what the intentions of this monster actually are. And then the boy, I can't remember the boy, but it's um, Elfanin's love interest, the little boy is probably about 12. He speaks directly to the monster, you know, and looks the monster in the eyes and you see the compassion in the monster's eyes just come alive because the monster's been seen, not just physically, but emotionally been seen. Like, I see you, you don't have to do this. And the monster lets them go. The monster just wants to be seen. And, you know, that, that's the question. What does hide have to do with the psyche? Like, what triggers hide to change? Um, and it's funny because um, Wednesday, obviously her friend, Wednesday's, cons you know, when Festa comes into the show, Festa wants to eat the bees, which is Wednesday's friend's actual friends the bees are his actual friends and like he keeps them in a beehive and he's looking after them 
uh, Eugene, I think it's called, but Wednesday tells them they're like Eugene's children, so don't eat them. Don't eat these bees because they are my friend's children. That's a display of emotional empathy right there. So we definitely see little aspects of Wednesday come so much more alive than we have done in the movies. Um, you know, hides are, you know, they hide in nature, like they lay dormant until traumatic events. And isn't that the subconscious that it lays dormant until a traumatic event? I guess you could say that for complex PTSD as well, that like certain things will trigger people. And we, we often don't know, why do I feel triggered by this? I see myself as a good person, but why do I feel triggered whenever somebody says this? Or I feel triggered when I feel abandoned, not that actually anybody is abandoning you, because how can anyone abandon you? People abandon themselves. Um, and it's interesting to see that to that connection between the, the monster and its master. And what actually unlocks the monster, here we go again, is the hypnotherapist. The hypnotherapist unlocks the monster. The monster is the dark of the psyche. It's so, it's all in plain sight. It's like, it's so obvious what the show is about. Um, and then Hyde's band from Nevermore's hmm, study in Nevermore. So basically, in Nevermore, they study whether Hyde is conscious of the killings. Um, yeah, because Hyde, the subconscious mind, is there a connection? Is there a, a, a very clear marriage between the subconscious, the monster, and the conscious mind, the one that is actually doing the physical killing. And then looking at Goody's book of shadows, isn't it interesting that the character Goody, which is an ancestor from maybe 100, 200 years ago, I can't remember exactly what it was, of Wednesdays, she was the one that has the book of shadows. The book of shadows is to raise the dead. To become aware of the shadow is to raise the dead, dormant power. It's not literal, it's symbolic, it's it's metaphors and allegory and it's a power that lays dormant in the psyche it's it becomes mental in the psyche due to fear and this is interesting like I was saying to somebody that I know they were saying to me and I was agreeing because it is actually what I think that we have such a problem with death in the west we haven't learned to accept it now I know my perspective has changed so much when I witnessed a family member dying in front of me of cancer and that's really really changed me from the inside out to realize how how vulnerable we actually are as human beings and how much we 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 need to live from this creative passionate intentional place because not just because when we die what you don't want to die with regret but we have such a short time here it's such a short time and that can be used in any way. You could say, well, I'm only here for a short time, do whatever the fuck I want, hurt as many people as I want. But is that really what you want to do? Do you really want to hurt people while you're here? It's like a lot of us, we hurt because we're hurt ourselves, not because we're intentionally doing it. But when somebody hurts us and we think they're purposely hurting us, how do we know they're just not even aware of it? And that's that's why it's so important for us to do the inner work because then we're just causing less trauma on this planet, you know? But Wednesday is the key. So raising Joseph from the dead to kill the outcasts once and for all. Um, not going to say too much here, but Christina Ricci's character is of Joseph's bloodline, which is really interesting. So the prophecy that Joseph gave is that Wednesday is destined to burn down the school, and so his mission is to kill Wednesday. So the fire obviously representing the alchemical, alchemical transformation, Scorpio being the alchemist, the phoenix burning and dying into itself and then rising higher, that's the whole point. Um, and fire is very linked to alchemy. It's really interesting, the bees return the favour to Wednesday um, and they save her when she's being attacked because they obviously heard Wednesday tell Foster not to eat them <laughs> because, you know, they're Eugene's friends. And so she saved the birds and um sorry the bees they're in the bird, they're in the bird. and the bees saved her from a bullet wound 
um, that was coming from another character. I won't say the character's name, don't want to ruin it. Um, and when Enid tells Wednesday that she's noticed how much they work together, even though they're different, Wednesday acknowledges that. She acknowledges that she's evolving, and that's huge. She not notices and she acknowledges that she's evolving, and she's showing emotional empathy. She's making friends. She's getting to the truth. She's, I mean, that's the the whole thing is she wants to know the truth. She wants to know the truth. She wants to know the truth. And that's Scorpio energy. We're just obsessed with the truth. And to, she wants to protect the school and the people in it from dying. I mean, that's the Scorpionic nature of evolution. I didn't actually think that Wednesday Adams was actually cruel at all. Um, I think the main bully in the series, I think outside of the obvious um, plot twist that we obviously experienced at the show, I think Bianca, she was definitely the kind of typical bully, you know, the bully in the school, you know, um, and how their relationship evolves over time, I guess, is also very interesting that she feels quite threatened by Wednesday's intelligence and also Wednesday's ability to just cut through the bullshit and just say things as they are. And I think sometimes when you look at how a Scorpio perceives reality, or not reality, how a Scorpio experiences and perceives social norms as something detestable, that in my experience coming through a Scorpio moon lens is that I think that Wednesday, Adam, Wednesday Adams, she almost responds to things as if, what society has accepted as normal should be questioned, you know. I'm, you know, I, I think that even when we're talking about um, the 17th century witch hunts, and obviously Goody Adams was one of those so-called witches and was considered an outcast simply because she had her own, you know, intuitive visions and she was able to see, um, you know, she was also a raven, um, just like Wednesday Adams and also able to see the see things and that allowed her to be in a position that the church you know they couldn't control somebody like Goody and I think because just like Morticia Adams was saying that she she's more like she experiences her consciousness as more like a dove because she just sees things through this lens of beauty and you know it's almost very Venusian in a sense and it's different for Wednesday because she sees the horrors of reality, which it doesn't necessarily mean that she is that horror, more that she sees the obviousness of society that people don't want to see. And because of that, it gives her the strength to see beneath the surface and really be outspoken about what society doesn't want to speak about. Social norms, colonisation, bullies, you know, like... And I think that her ancestor Goody rejected the church and what was socially acceptable at that time, which was uh, fundamentalism, fundamental Christianity, and Christianity having the control over people's consciousness um, and not allowing those that want to practice paganism or those that want to be in touch with nature because that enables them to be sovereign beings. When I say sovereign, what, what I mean by that is that they're just in control of their own life. They're not controlled by social norms that are, um, at the time, would have been accepted by the pilgrims at that time in the 17th century. And one of those people at the time that um, that actually killed Wednesday Adams' ancestor, Goody, was called Joseph... What's his name? Joseph Craxton or something? Joseph Craxton or something like that. And he basically captured them all in this little, like, house in a church or something. I can't remember what it was. And he burned them all alive, basically. And the only one that survived out of there, you know, Goody was trying to untie her mother, but there wasn't enough time to untie her mother. And her mother made it very clear, you need to be the one that survives. We're all going to die. There's nothing that we can do about it. You need to survive. And basically he basically just Joseph Crackstone basically killed the Goody family and those that resisted fundamental Christianity at the time because he wanted their land so that's the whole colonization thing coming in again um and 
Goody had these uh, psychic abilities and I think she, yeah, she did kill him because he obviously came up alive, but she, she killed him. And then it was the descendants of Crackstone, which obviously is a huge twist in the, in the story, which I don't want to say who that obvious character is because I think it's really interesting to watch it, um, are the Gates family. And they, they are the ones that want to wipe out the outcasts. They want to want, they're the ones that want to wipe out the kids in Nevermore, the school. And obviously that, you know, that there's that prophecy that um, the, the descendant of Goody, which is Wednesday Adams, she is destined to destroy the school, which obviously that doesn't happen. Um, and I think it's really interesting to see how she's very... I don't think that Wednesday Adams is portrayed as a sociopath. I think, like, obviously the scene at the beginning, I think, like, that draws you in. you just, like, like, clearly there's something wrong with you. Like, just dropping a bag of live piranhas into a pool to, you know, to basically kill a group of kids that were bullying a brother. I mean, I, I understand that part, but I, I think throughout the whole story, she's so passionately fixated on this investigation to the point where, yeah, she can't really see the connections and she kind of uses people and I get all of that. But she's got this one single-minded focus on finding the truth. And that is very Scorpionic because Scorpios, it's all about research and psychology and understanding the psyche and the monster within, the monster in society that nobody wants to speak about, the elephant in the room. And at the Christmas, you know, at Christmas dinner, you know, the Scorpio as well as the Aquarius, but the Scorpio is more, most likely to talk about that big fucking elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about because it's socially acceptable to keep a, you know, quiet, quiet lip, but that's not going to happen with um, Scorpio energy. And I think it's really interesting that she is seen as the raven and she's seen as a freak, Wednesday Adams. And I think that, like, her mum represents that softness, whereas ravens represent darkness the shadow aspect of the mind and isn't it interesting interesting that wednesday has these psychic powers that allow her to see all the things in society that we, that we don't want to look at um ravens i think ravens are beautiful but they they, they simply don't necessarily and isn't it interesting you see the difference between the raven which wednesday adams is is you know spoken of by her mother as a raven and she's the dove well they're both birds aren't they they're both able to see from above which gives them that heightened sense of psychic ability to be able to see what others can't see because they're not looking from the higher perspective now morticia adams is looking from the highest perspective in terms of grace and love and happiness and she's married and she has the children and she has the house and here wednesday comes along and she's like i want to be nothing like you I don't want to play the happy housewife and get married and have children and have a house. She, she sees from a different lens. I think it's interesting to see the polarity between her and her mother also, as well as herself and Enid. And she just has a, like a curiosity to to go questioning, you know, society and what's acceptable as normal. And she's absolutely an introverted little. Uh, investigator and I think she's a very very interesting character um and I think Christina Ricci I think that's that the reason I don't want to say anything about that character is because I just think we've seen her play Wednesday Adams in two movies before and I think it'll take so much from the experience of the show to talk about her role um I really hope they do um a season two I'm, I don't see why they wouldn't I think it I think it was I think it's probably still on the top three in Netflix, I don't know, but yeah, I just, I just think that this, this show does a really good job of bringing Wednesday to life and allowing us to see her as a character. We don't really see Pudsley in it, really, uh, which I guess it's not really about him, but the overall show was great, and I just think it's such a, a show that really explores the psyche. It really explores what is a monster. It explores what's hidden within all of us, you know, and exploring what needs to be destroyed in order to be reborn and how do we do that. Um, it explores the nature of good versus evil, evil versus good, and the balance of that. And I think if you watch the show from that heightened perspective as opposed to just being entertained, 
There's nothing wrong with being entertained, but if you're a deep thinker like me and your mind just goes deep and deep and deep and deep, then maybe you want to look at entertainment from from a, a higher perspective so that you're enjoying these shows a little bit more than you would do if you were just, oh, just in the background. Okay, so I'm just going to keep it at that. I think spending an hour on talking about Netflix's Wednesday is pretty long. I think I've already done a podcast on Scorpio Energy, which I will put in the link description down below if anyone hasn't listened to that podcast and you want to hear more about what Scorpio Energy entails in a really deep way. I'll also put the podcast that I did with Dr. Francis Yukia on Esoteric Astrology, so if you've listened to it today and you're a new listener and you want to hear more about the soul aspect of astrology rather than just the personality surface level uh, perception of astrology, although obviously they both work together being that polarity, inward and outward, as within, so without, then I've also put the link in the description down below. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Please subscribe if you've enjoyed it and share with those that you think would enjoy. Until next time, bye.